And yes, 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 yes. We are live. If I can get my microphone set up correctly. Good morning. Good morning, uh, Ganesh. Good morning. Hey. <laughs> um, hope you guys are doing well. Hope you go. Uh, you hope you're having a great weekend or a great beginning or middle of the weekend. I. It's already depending where you are in the world. It probably is middle of the day. Uh, for me, it's the beginning of a holiday weekend. Uh, we're actually uh, the weekend of a holiday. Uh, it's the 4th of July here in the U.S., so happy 4th of July to anybody that's uh, celebrating it. And, of course, Joey, hey, <laughs> good morning, man. Um, and, um, yeah, it's uh, kind of a little bit of a kickback. It's a different kind of an experience for 4th of July, obviously, as you're probably already aware. Uh, we are in a, a different situation this year, different environment, different things. Uh, at least for us here, we don't have fireworks. We also don't have a way of going to the beach, so our beaches are closed. And um, But, again, I think it's, it's uh, the things that are being done are done for a good reason, and obviously for uh, with good reason not just for a good reason, but with good reason. Um, one thing I do, I do want to mention to you guys, I, and I hope this is actually coming out very, very nice, is that um, in, the in today's video, I'm trying something new to try to fix the problem that I've been having over the last few months. And uh, it generally comes down to the whole internet thing. So I know if you guys have noticed it probably in the past. Hey, Matt, how you doing, man? And uh, generally what will happen is that in the middle of stream, either I kind of go circle and I, my screen kind of goes away. Uh, Oh no 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 definitely hey man keep it up man glad that you're you're at work and glad you're able to get it done that's right um, so for Matt it's late in the afternoon in the UK so uh, I think if I'm not mistaken about six p.m. roughly uh, if I'm not if I'm not wrong there um, and uh, so one of the things I've been trying to do is trying to figure out different things different scenarios uh, make sure things are not connected to my network make sure there's no issues going on and uh, historically what's been happening to me essentially is that the network inevitably for some reason or another will always have somewhat of a dip like before the stream starts i run a speed test and i'm downloading uh, somewhere between 200 and you know 250 which is ridiculous because i never can download that fast um but my upload speed is generally around the 20 to 30 which is what i'm supposed to be getting here i pay extra to be able to get a high speed internet i'm actually supposedly getting the fastest possible internet through my cable provider in the US, uh, in my area uh, but for some reason or another, I don't know what it is, uh, and I'm not going to name names or cause causes there. Uh, but the short answer is my internet dips down uh, and generally bad enough that the stream gets impacted. And I've had it in cer certain situations uh, where is, uh, you know, sabaho, sabaho habibi. And uh, what it does actually, it, it, it actually, I've had the stream drop on me, which means uh, when I was doing one of my live streams over on Amazon, um, it actually disconnected me. And I, my entire stream after like an hour and 15 minutes worth of streaming uh, kind of just went down the tubes because uh, the way it cut itself off, I lost the recorded stream. So there was no replay value for that. And at that point, obviously, that was an hour and 15 minutes worth of work that I kind of went out the door. Um, so short answer today, I'm trying to do something different. I uh, actually was contacted by a company called Alcatel. I'm sure you guys are familiar with them. Um, they're a sub-brand, uh, Aditya, Sabaho, Sabaho, Salam, Dastan, Ahlan. And so, um, and they reached out, you know, they were like, hey, we have this new 4G LTE hotspot that it runs on T-Mobile. So T-Mobile's my carrier here in the US. And uh, would you like to check it out? And I was like, wait a minute. Hot, mobile hotspot. I can use this. Obviously, I can you know use it outside. My goal is to try to figure out a way to make it so that I can actually do the stream without having any problems. So, short answer is uh, yes. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm actually connected to this hotspot now. The hotspot itself uh, is a small, very small, like a hockey puck style uh, kind of a, a you know connection. And what it does essentially, it provides me the LTE connectivity. There's no 5G, sadly, which is uh, I would have wished there was 5G since I do have 5G in my area. 
but 4G LTE and 5G in the current state are still very much similar. And I think in certain areas, uh, even when you have 5G, you're still uploading at 4G LTE speeds, which is what I really care the most about. Um, when you're live stream, upload is the most important thing. It's not download, although it's obviously very, very nice. Um, just real quick before we go too far, I want to say thank you very much to Matt for the for the super chat. And uh, he had a quick message. Uh, yeah, so Matt was able to jump in real quick and he has to jump out. Thank you again for the quick super chat and thank you, TKR Bay. <laughs> thank you. And uh, I appreciate it, man. And hope you guys are having a good weekend. Uh, and of course, make sure you catch their uh, Matt and Sam's uh, live stream across the podcast tomorrow um, afternoon, 1 p.m. Pacific. Uh, and I want to say, uh, was it 9 p.m. if I'm not mistaken, uh, UK time? But definitely check it out. I'll uh, I'll try to make sure to provide uh, some support there as well and retweet them over on on Twitter. And uh, thanks, man. Hope you have a good day, man. Uh, Aditya, of course. Ganesh is in there. Uh, yeah, Shivan, <laughs> welcome, welcome, man. Um, no more. Okay, somebody's saying, I know you are Lebanese, but which country are you leaving? Okay, uh, I think you mean where am I living? Uh, I'm in the U.S. I live in California, uh, but yes, I am from Lebanon originally, so I speak Arabic and uh, but uh, Lebanese. Uh, sorry, speak Arab. I speak Lebanese Arabic. Best way to say it because there's a dialect there and that helps. Uh, but yeah, uh, I live in the U.S. California, uh, California time. Yes, <laughs> um, and of course, again, thanks again for to, to Matt. Um, hey, uh, oh man, I appreciate it, dude. No, uh, last week's last week's stream was uh uh was very interesting um today's topics very very straight to the point ganesh um so uh very much focusing on the alcatel talking basically we'll hopefully we'll be able to check in every once in a while and see basically what it offers uh, as again i'm running the live stream off of a mobile hotspot i'm not actually using my internet home so i'm using connected wi-fi directly onto my uh, pc which is my laptop and then it's connected to a um, a hotspot and i'll show you guys a little bit more about that actual uh, unit it has a 4400 million battery so it's basically a battery pack with a modem with a sim card a whole bunch of things that you want to do uh, but the OnePlus Nord, I actually want to talk to you guys about the OnePlus Nord and see what you guys are thinking about it. Um, also, I want to obviously discuss some of the latest leaks that we've seen. And then uh, last but not least, of course, kind of doing a quick wraparound with the whole 4th of July since it is it is a holiday weekend for us. So it's kind of a week uh, of a little bit of uh, kind of closure here, holidays and so on. So, But OnePlus Nord and the Alcatel, uh, you know, basically just talking about Alcatel. And of course, your questions, any questions that you guys have, uh, we'll basically try to go through those uh, as well. Um, I am human. <laughs> TK, why don't you connect to the Xfinity Wi-Fi, which is everywhere in the US? Uh, so Xfinity Wi-Fi doesn't actually work everywhere. In my area, Charter or uh, Spectrum, sorry, not Spectrum, uh, which used to be Time Warner Cable was is my carrier. So I either have to go with um, uh, basically uh, AT&T, which is also another carrier in my area, which usually landline as well as cable. So cable or AT&T, unless I want to go with like Dish or some type of other connection. Um, I do have T-Mobile and a T-Mobile works really good in my area and I have very you know, consistently uh, good speeds. And in the past, uh, I've had to do that where one of my live streams was seriously having a bad problem. I stopped it and, and literally turned on my hotspot on my phone, put my phone outside of my house so I can get the best signal possible and connected to that hotspot and worked with it. Uh, it was a good kind of a, a solution to fix, but the challenge that I was facing at the time is that A, I didn't have my phone, which I do need to be able to control parts of my live stream. And of course, the other part was the issue that uh, it is kind of going in against my five gigabytes of tethering, which kind of goes into planned situation. Uh, but short answer is I, I wish I had access to Xfinity and, and, and if I had better connection than what Spectrum is offering me. Um, again, I supposed to be able to get up to 400 down and like 30 up. 
And again, on normal days, when I run my speed test, I get those speeds. Whenever I'm live streaming, miracles happen every single time. Now, there's no question that it always happens, always, always. Um, Aditya, thank you very much for the uh, for the for the super chat. Uh, I am busy as well; won't be staying long. But have a great weekend, guys. Thank you. Hashtag TK Harvey. Appreciate it, Aditya. Uh, again, thank you very much for the support. Everybody jumping in. I know I'm running a little bit late today, mostly because of some of the concerns going on with my connection getting it running. Um, what do you think about the India versus China digital war? Uh, we'll touch a little bit about that because that some of that conversation did become very very popular today. So we'll 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 do a little bit about that. Um, not necessarily politics, but mostly talking about the technology impacted by the actual uh, concerns that are going on, which essentially is the digital world that you're referencing as well. Um, actually, before I go too far, I do want to show you guys real quick a, a quick video of what this actual little guy looks like. So we're, we're going to do share. I'm going to add my second screen. And so this is uh, the portal, by the way, just uh, where you open it up. So I'm going to open up my first video here. And here, so this is the actual Alcatel. Uh, hopefully, you guys can see that really well. So right there. So uh, this is the actual uh, hockey. It's kind of like the size of a hockey puck. It has a, a nice connectors on it on the uh, on the side. Let's go ahead and switch over here. I don't want to get it to go too far. Uh, and and what you can see right there is on the left we have that little option here for the Wi-Fi, the signal strength for the LTE connectivity, battery level. It has a 4400 milliamp hour battery, and of course you're able to send and receive text messages with it if you connect it through a Wi-Fi uh, through a tablet. Now it charges via USB-C and it has a full-size USB Type A to charge up your device, which is one of the reasons why I really like it. And of course it has the ability of turning it on off, and then of course uh, just doing a power cycle on the Wi-Fi connectivity. Very nice, very simple to set up, and very easy to use once you activate it with T-Mobile. Now. Uh, this is not a T-Mobile device that was sent. Sorry, it is a T-Mobile device, but it wasn't sent to me by T-Mobile. It was sent to me by Alcatel. So I want to say thank you very much to Alcatel for hooking it up. And again, um, if the stream runs beautiful, we may have a new way of this is how I'm going to be running the live stream from now on. Uh, but again, I'm just showing you guys a quick uh, video. I have the actual uh, Alcatel uh, unit itself sitting outside. Uh, and that's mostly so I can get the best signal possible. And this is why we're kind of looking at the screen right here. I want to show you guys the interface of what it looks like so that you have an idea what it does. Um, you can see the signal strength. I have basically four bars sitting here, 4G LTE, uh, connected up and uplink and downlink. Uh, basically, SIM card is valid. We have Wi-Fi connectivity as well as a 98%. And that's the other thing. I want to see how much battery does it use in, let's say, an hour, an hour and a half, two-hour live stream. Can it hang for two hours on the live stream? So those are one of the things I want to definitely check. Um, we have multiple connections. We have 4G, uh, sorry, we have 4G LTE on both 2.5 or 5G gig, uh, 5 gigahertz. So you can switch between the two and of course, customize it, add your own passwords, uh, different uh, frequencies and setup. Uh, you can go in there, network settings, device settings, um, LTE on, obviously you can turn on, you can set up a firewall to it, router settings if you want to be able to, and of course, legal information. And last but not least, we're going to do a quick speed test. Hopefully this doesn't break us as we're doing the live stream at the same time. Now, because I'm running the live stream, this speed test is obviously a lot slower. I was able to run it. We saw it at the beginning. That last number that you saw was straight from the speed test. Um, but one thing is, this is what I'm really wanting. I need it to stay around 9 to 10 megabits down, up. As long as I have that, that should be able to sustain my connection and keep things smooth. So that, let's go ahead and uh, remove it from the stream, <laughs> bring myself back here. And, uh, and of course, thank you, Paco. This weekend's looking good. Oh man, appreciate it, dude. Um, it is, it is a little bit of a, a little bit of an interesting week. There's a whole bunch of things going on, but, uh, so, so far the Alcatel, uh, the Alcatel, uh, link zone two looks really good. It is available on both. I think Metro PCS as well as T-Mobile since they're technically the same. And, uh, we're able to go in from there. 
Um, oh, Marilyn, I have Spectrum uh, as well. No Xfinity around me, it's, which is the same thing. And I think it's in the U.S. Uh, for the most part, um, cable companies have their section, have their territories marked. It's really easy. There's no competition between cable companies. There is basically territories. So if I am in a Spectrum or what used to be Time Warner, I am in that market. And that's pretty much the only cable provider I can use. Now, I have the option of going in with other providers like satellite or, you know, let's say AT&T or any other carriers that use other technologies. But from a cable standpoint, it is what it is. And they own the cable and they own the connection. So if I want to get it again, I, normally I get really fast Internet. It just doesn't for some reason it's not working for me in, in this situation. Um, so oops, let's jump over real quick here. Um, so um, is there any data caps on team on Verizon? Jump back. On the mobile hotspot, I think it's 50 gigs. So the monthly plan includes 50 gigabytes of internet connectivity. If you're talking about the T, uh, the spectrum, I don't have a data cap. The package that I did end up going with does not include a data cap. So that's what I was thinking at the beginning. Uh, but it, again, my, my issues have been more, um, I don't want to say the word, it's more like throttling. It's like where my connection suddenly drops. And I have a feeling it's something to do with the amount of connectivity. I'm not sure. There's no way really for me to focus on that. So again, my workarounds in the past were literally just me taking a phone that I have a T-Mobile SIM card, turn on hotspot, put it outside. And that was the way I fixed one of my live streams on, on Amazon about a few weeks ago. And again, when Alcatel reached out and they're like, hey, we have an LTE connected uh, you know, hotspot. Why not test it? So I figured this is a great way to show it, a great way to test it. Uh, a live stream is very demanding, both on data as well as duration, since it's a long for a video. So how long can I connect to this, stay connected? How fast are my connected speeds throughout the live stream? And how much data do I end up using at the end of the live stream? So those are a lot of things you can definitely test. And I feel like even if somebody had to review this, uh, those, uh, the, the actual Alcatel uh, link zone, they wouldn't be able to do this type of uh, testing. Uh, Andrew, fat produce is in the house. Um, I think I'm finally going to pull the trigger. We're getting the V60 and upgraded from the OnePlus 7 Pro. Uh, bidding on one on eBay this week. Good luck. I wish you do get it. And uh, I think it's a great upgrade. I think I really think it's a great upgrade, especially from what we have. You know, you're coming from the 7 Pro. You're coming into this one. Obviously, you're there's a few differences there, but you're Oh my God, you're going to love the uh, the headphone jack on that one. The cameras, the front-facing camera is absolutely fantastic on that. And of course, a lot of good things. And even if the Velvet does actually make it to the US, which I'm understanding that there's a possibility that it could become a mid-range uh, LG device later this year, um, I still think the V60 is the one to go with. The Velvet is a great device. And even if it's going to be a little bit less, you're still getting a much better deal. Uh, my hope essentially is just that you know we get all of the, you know, get more updates on the V60 and keep it consistently going. Uh, I'm assuming you you're running it on T-Mobile as well, uh, or I, I think you have T-Mobile, right, Andrew? Let me know. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, Aditya is like, yeah, you're switching over, man. Uh, do you think it uh, is going to? Uh, so, uh, oh, so uh, smart. Uh, okay, so let's start talking about a little bit about those uh, digital content uh, case that's going on, and I I do want to start by saying this: this is by no means a political conversation. This is purely what is going, what is being discussed, the digital content, what's going on. Uh, recently, earlier this week, actually, you guys probably already heard XD already also covered the the article on that, and it posted some uh, response directly from TikTok. And and I feel like the main apps that are being focused on are TikTok and WeChat because those are the most big applications that a lot of people use. Now, there are obviously a lot of other applications that are installed on devices. So those are devices, device-based apps. So you get a, a phone and you obviously have these applications installed. Um, there was a basically a, a, a ban or basically a, a stop on inciting security. That was the, the actual recommendation that was put in there. 
uh, citing security, certain about 59 apps were uh, were basically banned from use in India. And uh, that, as for to my understanding to this day, is still on, still being hold, held. So I mean, I mean, this wasn't a couple of days kind of thing. This is still going on. Um, and I think what's going on essentially is that uh, this is something that is concerning to the authorities in India and they're they're limiting access to them uh, by just stopping them. So you can no longer find them in the Google Play Store. You cannot access them. You cannot go around it. You just basically can't even access it. If the server finds your location based in that geo area, it disables the functionality. That's just a general thing. Um, and the answer to that is, we really don't have all the straight answers as to exactly what are the security features that they're there that are being cited. And I say this because the applications in question that were banned are applications that were not necessarily changing their policies as the information was going on. These are applications that were used, they were being used for some time, and nothing major changed in them for a while, and then suddenly became banned. So there's that question that kind of comes up. Uh, I'm not saying that they shouldn't be. That's, again, not my decision to make. This is something that they decided for that geolocation. And to answer the last question is, should the U.S. be banning these applications? We have different there's different thoughts here in the US. The question would be is this, if you don't like the app, if you don't trust the app, do not install it. That's a very simple process. Uh, yes, I agree that there are certain, you know, data collection tactics and so on. But we have to understand one thing and, and one thing is very, very clear. There is no such thing as free. Okay. A lot of us have uh, have started using at one. Well, we use applications, we download applications, and for the general use, we don't pay for any of these applications. We go in, we click it, we know it's not a paid app, and unless we're buying it personally, then we start looking into specifics what it's doing. But like generally, social media applications, Instagram, Facebook, all of those things, they gather information on what we do. That's how they thrive. That's how they put in their information out there. So at the end of the day, we are kind of buying into it, right? We understand that, you know, my usage of the application TikTok and, you know, the stream, it's going to use my usage and customize that for you page to so that it gives me all the information. I, I'm not trying to advocate for it. And last week's conversation with Sav, I felt like there was a much big push into advocating. I'm not. I, if I choose to use the application, that's because I want to use it. I don't have it on all my devices, but I, again, I'm not advocating for it. I do show what I use. That is what it is. Uh, I understand that some people may look at that and say, well, you know, if you have it installed, this is going to kind of go out and people will start going there. So short answer. Um, the situation is still developing. It is still ongoing. Uh, specifically, what the reason behind that, I'm not sure. Should it be reflected here in the US? Is a very different in environment. And I think if anything, TikTok on its own has had some concerns around the security and the data collection that it goes through. But that's the, one of the main things you have to keep in mind. Again, it's a free app that does actually watch what you're doing so that it tailors the experience to you. All the other information that it's pulling, I recommend reading what it's asking for, going through it. And if it is not something that you are comfortable through with the security update or whatever usage that it's asking for permission, uninstall the app. There is no reason for you to have it on your phone. Unless you want it, don't install it. Um, hopefully that kind of answers it there. Uh, WeChat is, uh, is more in use in China than anywhere else. So yeah, so... It, the other application I felt like that I felt like was a big part of the conversation that a lot of people weren't really even focusing on. So personally, I were I use WeChat mostly as kind of what you were saying. Um, sorry, just kind of a bring it back. I, I think I lost the comment. Where is it? Um, 
Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Uh, so Ronald actually kind of mentioned it. Yeah, uh, that's actually been a ban for quite some time. Uh, uh, TikTok has been disallowed on military bases quite a while ago. This is not something new, and you're right. But nobody really talks about that anymore. Uh, but as far as the actual uh, main impact of WeChat, WeChat is mostly for people that work outside of the U.S. Uh, to contact people outside of China and the people that call or basically, let's, let's put it this way. Uh, WeChat is a very centralized, very uh, specifically important app in China. Outside of China, it doesn't really play that big of a role. So when you think about it, when they banned WeChat in, in India, it doesn't really impact India as much unless India runs on it. I think India, for the most part, uses other applications. If you're communicating with somebody in China, that's the big impact that this is going to be uh, you know, playing a big role. And I feel like that's why TikTok kind of took the main focus. There was a lot of people that were on TikTok from India, from other places in the world. And I think those are the things that we need to kind of keep in mind. This is still evolving. Still, again, if you're not comfortable with that app, uninstall it. Unfortunately, right now in, in India, you don't have that choice, but we'll have to see how things go as hopefully there will be some type of resolution or some type of, um, I don't know, amendment, certain things. And uh, if, you know, and again, maybe a better explanation as to why these 59 apps were actually uh, put together or you know, on a list. Uh Samuel, oh, hey Sam, Sabaho, man, welcome back. Hey, um, Matt was in uh, was in the chat not that long ago, Sam, and uh, he was uh, he just had to jump out, but you know, hopefully tomorrow you guys will catch up on you, on your live stream. Um, oh, the uh, the Sony Ericsson Ion LT uh, the LT twenty eight from twenty twelve, which I believe uh, takes better photos than my Xperia one for sure. The Xperia one had some concerns. I think I feel like Xperia one was really priming us for the Xperia one Mark II. Um, I, I do want to talk a little bit. Uh, uh, good day, yeah. Happy Fourth of July. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Happy Fourth, uh, Sam. I, I keep forgetting the the location of. Sorry, location where everybody is. Uh, yeah, are, are you signal? Uh, oh, my go to. <laughs> Uh, WeChat is, is a super app in China. It pretty much is. Yeah. So again, banning it outside of China doesn't really impact anybody else unless you're communicating with somebody in China. So I said, for me, that's the only reason I use it. It's for my contacts that I have at different companies that I work with. So if I am connecting to a PR agency or something like that, that does use WeChat, that's generally what I use it for. And it only really applies to me whenever I'm traveling into China. Like last year, we went on the, uh, the Huawei trip with the, with XDA. That was one of the only reasons I had it. So again, very limited, not as much of an impact. And as far as TikTok, again, it's a personal choice. Uh, I'm not sure what really was cited there other than the fact, again, the, the app itself did not change any of their policies or anything in the recent time to, to trigger this. So it had to have been something else that maybe we'll get some more understanding of it. Uh, but I do want to talk a little bit more. Uh, Telegram, Signal, and Skype. Oh, oh, Teams. Yes, yes. There are other things. Uh, I mean, I use Telegram uh, and I use Skype. Actually, I use Telegram more often than anything else. So Telegram, Discord, uh, Aditya, Matt, and and, uh, and Andrew will uh, kind of jump in there as well. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think those are my main apps. I use Discord for chatting with, with the guys. And, of course, when playing Call of Duty. And then um, it, Telegram. Telegram is actually very nice. And I love the fact that Telegram just works on in, as many devices as you need it. Uh, and, of course, just has very good integration. Uh, so let's talk about it. Yes. So Ganesh did kind of give us a, a quick, uh, quick little jump over there. Um, I want to talk to you guys about the OnePlus Nord and uh, Nord uh, or the True North or the, you know, and, and I don't know in why in my mind I keep thinking Nord VPN every time I say the word Nord at OnePlus Nord. Uh, I use, I, I've used Nord VPN uh, in the past. So um, 
the OnePlus Nord is a very interesting uh, approach to a device. And I, I really wanted to talk about it because there's been some chatter as far as to, well, this is going to be the flagship killer. This is OnePlus going back to its roots. This is OnePlus going and, you know, bringing back what the OnePlus X was supposed to be trying to do, you know, give us that, you know, mid-range or like a low budget friendly price uh, that still has the flagship specifications. And as time is going on, we're starting to see more and more information as to what the Nord is going to offer us. So obviously we're seeing that it's going to be the 765. Um, we've seen some leaks as through as to the actual aesthetics it does have some curvature on it it does actually have some interesting optics it's a dual camera on the front um, not necessarily the highest uh, quality cameras but again we have 5g on board with the 765 being that they are going with that and the reality is that this is OnePlus's attempt or this is OnePlus's venture into the mid-range type of devices. We haven't seen mid-ranges from them since the OnePlus X. And ever since then, we've always said, you know, we're going to see another OnePlus X2. There's going to be the return of the OnePlus X. And I think this device was dubbed the OnePlus X for quite some time. X being the, you know, the X factor. Um, but some of the things that I'm seeing at this point uh, are, let me see. NordVPN needs to have a partnership with OnePlus on their Nord. I'm telling you, man, I think they should just right out of the box. OnePlus Nord featuring NordVPN. That right there, OnePlus, if you're watching, make sure you jump at it and take that away. Um, so yes, it, it is an approach to a mid-range device. And I feel like this is something that a lot of manufacturers are starting to focus on. Um, Apple released, obviously, the second generation of the iPhone SE. That kind of reaffirmed, uh, especially from the iOS side, that they're still looking into that mid-range. We're not just trying to get everybody into, you know, the, the latest $1,000, you know, $800, $1,200, $1,500 phones. Uh, they're offering us devices are at a lower price point. So basically, that somewhere between the $400, sorry about that, guys, uh, the $400 to $600, uh, that's the mid-range price. And they're they're going with the 765 from what we've seen. Uh, there's not going to be a headphone jack, which I'm a little bit of. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking when you kind of, you know what I mean? Like when you're trying to balance the chemical, the 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 setup, not the chemicals, but the setup of the actual device. Uh, I feel like a mid ranger in general now is an, accept an accepted thing to see a headphone jack on a mid ranger. We've seen that before. Uh, so, so far, what we're seeing here is we're seeing no headphone jack. Um, the OnePlus X was a it was actually a bit of a failure. Exactly. No, exactly. But the X2 was really a good movie. <laughs> but X2 was really a good movie. Uh, uh, I, I, you're, you're killing me, man. Um, so let's, I'll, and I'll bring it over real quick back to you, Matt, once I can hear. So it says, uh, Matt Tyler's putting it. So OnePlus Nord is uh, merely a OnePlus laying claims to the lower end. They provided a flagship, uh, a cheaper option for stand, uh, for the standard eight. Uh, the Nord is a lower option to compete with Apple, Samsung, and Moto Realme. Of course, that's exactly what they're doing. And I think that's partially what a lot of people are kind of missing. They're not trying to bring back the flagship killer. This is literally them saying, hey, this is our offering into the mid-tier because what happened is that the OnePlus 8 starts at 699 so 699 699 799 for the OnePlus 8 that's their lower end which they've had for some time and then you go 799 899 sorry uh yeah 899 and 999 for the OnePlus 8 Pro they're no longer in the mid-range they basically became both flagships 8 and 8 Pro are both six seven hundred dollars plus so the OnePlus Nord is really fitting or fit, uh, uh, fitting back into that section that they've occupied for quite some time. The OnePlus 8 or the 7 or the 7T have always been around that price point. The 7T, I think right now on T-Mobile is like $499. It's a brand new OnePlus device with the 865 Plus from OnePlus. Again, $499. So 
when they went in with the 8, and even though that the OnePlus Nord was supposed to be announced at the same time as the 8 and the 8 Pro, uh, and there were some delays on that, that's really what they're doing. They left the, the they left that bracket, the price uh, bracket of 400 to 600, and now they're going back into it. And again, from what we're seeing is it's going to be basically a very budget-friendly device, which I feel like it's the right thing for them to do. But now we also now have three devices that we're going to be looking at from uh, from OnePlus, uh, and I'm, I'm not sure if they're going to do the iteration, you know, where they have the two versions of the uh, of the Nord. There'll be the Nord One, Nord Two. We don't even know if this is going to be a series. So far, we know that it is basically a, an offering. They want to see basically what the uh, what the I guess the consumers are going to be looking at, especially from OnePlus. So. I'm personally looking forward to seeing what it offers. Sadly, it is not being released in the US. To my understanding, it is purely an Asian market and a European market type of a device. I think the US market, because of the partnerships with the carriers, they realize that if they offer a price point or a device at a lower price point, I feel like from a marketing standpoint, it doesn't really help as much, right? If they're pretty much solidly locked in with the eight and the uh, basically that's going to be across all the carriers, they have the eight pro on their side and they don't want to undercut at this point. It may come later and I'm hoping they do, uh, but in the current setup right now, we just don't have it. Last year, the seven didn't make it to the US, but the 7T did. So we'll have to see how that goes. Um, Apple Silicon ha uh, was benchmarked a while ago. What do you think about? So yeah, we, we talked about the, uh, so Apple, obviously the big Apple announcement that we saw not that long ago, uh, the major shift for Apple is they're moving away from Intel, from using the Intel Silicon as far as their internal processors. And they're going to go to ingrown, uh, basically homegrown uh, Silica, kind of like how they have it on the iOS ecosystem. They don't use Qualcomm chipset. They use pretty much exactly what they've had. They've used the A, a series, so the A12, the A13, um, actually, that's what they did with the uh, OnePlus, not the OnePlus, uh, the, um, uh, I think uh, the SE, the iPhone SE 2020. They brought down the A13 uh, from their main flagship down into the, basically the mid-tier or the uh, budget-friendly. So that was an interesting move, but that's because they own the uh, the production line for that chipset. They don't have to go outsource it. They're not having to go buy it from a third-party manufacturer, and they own all the licensing. They can do that. But most other devices or most other companies, namely OnePlus, doesn't have a way of buying 865 chipsets at a cheap enough price to, for them to put it back into, let's say, the OnePlus Nord and still make it under a $500 mic, uh, price point. So you have to kind of start looking at what they're doing and the, and, the, uh, and I would say basically the supply chain, there's a certain thing going on. A um, long time ago when OnePlus started, they were not the first to release the, uh, the Qualcomm uh, chipset as the main, the flagship chipset on their OnePlus One. Um, what they did essentially is they waited a little bit when the price point dropped, they bought it in a big enough of a bulk from Qualcomm to be able to get a lower price point. And that's how they were able to get that chipset into a smaller $300 fr price friendly device. So that was the approach that they did. And they can no longer do that now, mostly because of the way Qualcomm's approach is to the system, right? We have the 865 with the X55 modem. So you no longer are buying them as two separate components. Now they're integrated with a premium price. And unfortunately, it's hard to get it below the 500 at that price point and still make a profit. There's the part of this that we also have to kind of keep in mind to what they're doing. Um, the benefit of making your own chip is set to keep, so you can use the flagship. Uh, okay, so you can basically choose it um, and set the budget uh, at ex no extra cost for them. Absolutely. It's one of the main, main benefits of having your own. And at, unfortunately, though, not, none of the other manufacturers, not even, I mean, Samsung's uh, tried to approach this, right? They made their own silica. We have the Exynos processor, but we also see that the Exynos processor still has some 
certain concerns, some limitations, performance issues compare, when comparing it to the Qualcomm chipset. And that's something that we can't really see or we can't really ignore. So at the end of the day, this year for 2020, Qualcomm is just smashing it. There's no question. Uh, you want a performer, you want a good device, you want to make sure that you're happy with everything. Qualcomm the 865 will perform great on any device you put in there. Um, Xiaomi has adapted it, you know, and of course OnePlus has been using Qualcomm chipset for some time. And from what we see, there is, you know, obviously a great way of using it. Uh, different carriers are using it differently. I mean, we saw Sony using the OnePlus, uh, sorry, the Qualcomm 865, but they disabled the 4G LTE in the U.S. So those are things not everybody's using the X55. Um, yeah, <laughs> Matt's like saying uh, the Exynos, Samsung's Exynos is just trash this year. Uh, it's it's something that I feel like they're not focusing on, and I think they need to work on. Sony, uh, Sony, Samsung needs to put a little bit more. I feel like uh, I'm hoping the next generation of the Exynos definitely you know learns what they have from this generation, and then obviously will bring us a little bit more. Um, we one of the other thing I forgot to mention actually I should have put that in the notes. Uh, we saw a leak, a massive image leak of what the Note 20 is going to look like in Champagne, I want to say. And um, I, I'm i going to say I like, I like what I'm seeing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm guessing, I, I'm going to imagine that this, this just right off the bat, it's like what, 1200 bucks, it's going to start at around 1200 or maybe start at 1100. I don't think there'll be a low level of it. Uh, maybe the standard model of the Note will be less than a thousand or maybe at a thousand. So that's my prediction. Don't, you know. We'll have to see how that kind of goes. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Speaking of which, so Matt and I, uh, we're doing a couple of number uh, benchmark numbers um, between the S20 Ultras. So I, he ran his and I ran mine and we were sharing the numbers between the two. And there was actually some interesting concepts. Uh, the OnePlus, sorry, the uh, the Exynos was able to get better scores. I feel, was it uh, on the single core or was it running uh, better scores on the multi-core? But in the comparison, in like the entire comparison, that we realized that the uh, Exynos was running a little bit behind what the Qualcomm was running. And actually there was a certain number of tests that we were trying to do with the benchmark on their Geekbench that wouldn't even run on uh, uh, on the uh, Exynos model. So it's something to keep in mind. Um, do you think HMD Global will release any Nokia flagships this year? Um, I think the best thing that we can see from Nokia is I, we want to make sure that they're still in the conversation. I want to see a successor, a true successor to the Nokia 9. Um, we'll have to see if there's going to be other devices that are going to be like amazing, like a big flagship, kind of like what Motorola tried to do. So Motorola broke away from their mold of at least within the last couple of years of providing us mid-range devices uh, or last year's chipset devices in this year. And they put out a flagship. There was some interesting mixed reviews on that one. It's also exclusive to Verizon. So there's also the other part. Uh, the unlocked model kind of went international where the U.S. kind of only got the locked model to Verizon. Uh, so we'll have to see. My hope is that we do, we definitely, I definitely want to see Nokia continue as a brand, Nokia continue as a brand and uh, as, a, as a presence in the uh, smartphone ecosystem, especially for HMD since what we saw with, uh, with uh, BlackBerry kind of, you know, I'm hoping that doesn't happen to Nokia. So that was my, my main concern there. Um, what software are you using to show live chat on the screen and what streaming software are you using? Um, so uh, different things. Uh, I'm using, and I think Sam and Matt will use the exact same software now as well. Uh, it's a software called StreamYard. It's a website that we use to uh, to stream to multiple uh, destinations. And the reason why is I'm streaming to YouTube and uh, and uh, Periscope at the same time. So Periscope will be going in over on Twitter and YouTube will obviously be running uh, straight here uh, on my channel. Uh, and as far as the chat, it's actually integrated to the same tool. I have a, a live feed of a chat sitting right next to the main screen, which is my monitoring screen. And I'm able to basically pop in those 
those messages, the way they show up this way. And I like them because uh, if you are obviously commenting on the YouTube side, you can see it on the screen. And of course, why I don't know why I'm putting my mouse there, uh, but it's somewhere right there. You see right under your uh, logo, your I am your profile logo. There's a little bit of a YouTube sign. So you can see YouTube comments right there and it works quite well. And I'm also able to basically uh, jump in, bring in live streams here. Oops, this way. I realize this is inverted. <laughs> now, you know, uh, the monitor is sitting on this side, but the stream makes it look like it's sitting on that end. But it, and I can actually remove it. So hopefully that kind of got you there. Uh, da, 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 yes. Uh, meanwhile, I'm participating. I'm anticipating what rocket ship will bring out with the RK3399 and, and oh is a need of uh, of a successor. We'll have to see. Yeah. Well I, I, my hope essentially is that we'll see some, a good successor. And that that was my main my main concern in the past. Um what, oh, sorry, that was the question we were doing here. The US uh Oh that is interesting. That is interesting. So um, I am I am not sure if that actually does. I, I didn't I did not see that conversation or any comments on that one. But that would be interesting if if Ericsson gets bought out by the U.S. Uh, to, to provide some kind of competition for five G connectivity in the U.S. We'll have to see. There's there is that big thing going on, and which seems like it'll never have an ending here in the U.S. At least for us. Um, Matt uh, didn't believe my battery numbers uh, last night on my time. Oh. oh. Yeah, so uh, Ronald uh, is uh, putting in, um, I guess you guys are doing some battery comparisons between the two. Ericsson is already in the US. Yeah, that's why I'm kind of like, I wasn't sure if I saw any comments on why the US wants to buy uh, Sony Ericsson. Uh, in India, the OnePlus Nord price is 25,000 K in, uh, and I think if I'm not mistaken, I think the, the the announcement or the launch event is on the 10th, right? If I, uh, July 10th and with a pre-order going on on the 8th. Let me just double check. Uh, Twenty-five thousand. How much is that in the U.S.? Do you do you do you do you know how much that is? Hold on, let me just run it real quick. Twenty-five thousand K in U.S. I feel like. Oh uh, no, here. Ah, yeah, I think it's Indian rupees, right? Twenty-five thousand Indian rupees, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, da, 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 here, Indian. I just skipped the I here and 25,000 to we'll have to if you don't mind just doing the calculation for me because it's uh, for me it's uh, it's a little bit hard to type and uh, try to do a search at the same time um, it is said that the Samsung okay so the Exynos 992 is a better chipset than the Snapdragon 865 do you think it's better than the 865 plus um, it's with, without seeing actual numbers as to what's going on. Oh, let me double check here. This is like if there's ever been an, like a, a slew of of uh, uh, tweets in there. Um, the question would be: Is this comparing last year's chipset to the new chipset is a little bit of a hard game to do because there's reality, obviously, a generational difference. Uh, the eight sixty five is a uh, basically the best way to describe it is literally a slightly overclocked version. It's the same thing what we saw last year with the eight fifty five. It's a slightly modified, a little bit of. Uh, improvements over what you saw before nothing groundbreaking as far as performance i think at the end of the day if the exynos beats it it's just because it's a newer generation and it learned from last year's and of course by the time the 875 comes out 
the conversation will flip back to the other side. Uh, the concern is as long as we're getting consistent performance in the past, that's what we usually get with the Exynos processor. In, in the past, Exynos always had a slight advantage. That's why Samsung was releasing it. And on the other end, where they were able to match the performance, there was never a, a lag or a performance issue. This year's Exynos, for some reason, is having actual issues as far as performance. Oh, let me just do this. This is. Uh, if there's one thing about the TickWatch notification system is that if it notifies me of one thing and the notification hits my phone twice, it buzzes me twice, which I don't like. Uh, so we'll have to kind of see it there. But the answer is, again, it, it's the goal is to, for us to get a comparable experience on either the Exynos or the Qualcomm A65 or the 875 or if it's 65 plus, as long as there's no comparison issue. There is a big difference between the two with the last generation on with the Exynos processor. So that's something that you know we kind of need to make sure that that is something kind of interesting. Uh, before I go too far, I do want to do a quick check just to see how the battery life is on the hotspot because we've been running it for about, was it 40 minutes now? And so, yeah, let me just bring you guys back in here. And I hope you guys can see it. We've dropped 8% from 92%. We are still connected, fully fully running. Uh, it's still one system connected to it. So this is purely, this is my laptop connected here. And uh, we are eight, what 8%, so not bad, not bad at all. 40 minutes, 8%. That's actually pretty good on a 4G consistent 4G LTE connected uh, connectivity here. Um, so, you know, we'll have to basically see what they have. I'm hoping is that they do offer us something that is a lot better. So I just got the EMUI 10.1 on the P30 Pro in Ireland. Congratulations, Vikas. I know you've been waiting for some time. I think the last couple of streams you've been asking if somebody's been able to get it. So many improvements, improve, uh, improved the uh, already fantastic the camera on the P40 Pro uh, oh, and, and some other P40 features. So yes, uh, the P30 is, I feel like one of the best, one of the last best devices released by uh, Huawei, specifically in the global market, because of A, it still features the Google Play services. It still had amazing cameras that we had that Periscope camera that we got there with it. And it was the first generation there. So definitely very nice. So I appreciate that very much. Um, and then uh, I'm glad that you were able to get the 10.1 update. I know you've been waiting. Uh, I, I'm hoping it came by itself, or if you had to jerry-rig that of, you know, VPN somewhere, uh, that would be something. Um, we're also anticipating see the Essential Phone 2 because, because of a weird form factor. Um, essential Phone, for the most part, is, is, is yeah. But, oh, okay. That, that's what I was going to say. I was like, Essential as a company is pretty much out. The Essential Phone 2 we thought was going to come out kind of went out, out the door as well. Uh, oh, okay. So here's the here's the conversion. So 25,000 rupees, again, it's roughly about 335. I think it's a great device for 335. You have to consider what you're getting there. It, the reason why I say that is... Uh, just based on the track record that we get from OnePlus, if you're familiar with OnePlus and OnePlus's experience, they're all about speed. So they're going to make that mid-range device running 860 for the eight, the 87. Uh, sorry, the 765G. Uh, and I don't think it's the G. It's just the 765. Uh, it will make it run very fast. So the UI is going to be great. I think where we're all going to need to see is how they're going to perform when it comes down to uh, not brand management or even UI. It's the cameras, how the performance of the cameras are going to be. Did they make a big enough of a compromise that the cameras are not going to be, you know, I would say decent. The 8 Pro, it has some some of the best cameras that we've seen on OnePlus devices for years. Absolutely. They're better. They're great. We have some, some of the great technologies there. And of course, having the additional sensor there that kind of had the ability of seeing through things. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to that. Um, for me, uh, as you could probably imagine, I'm going to try to import one of these guys. I'm not sure how. 
Uh, if I'm not mistaken, OnePlus does not ship internationally from their site and they're the only ones selling. So I'm going to have to wait for it to go on a reseller's website and somebody that, that will you know either send it to me or uh, somebody that may live in the <coughs> UK, <coughs> Matt, uh, uh, that may be able to hook up and uh, maybe send me something that, that won't go across, you know, that, that won't do that whole rip, trip around the world kind of thing. But we'll have to see. Um, my, my hope is still see how they say. Um, um, Sajid, I, I wish I could comment on that. I, I, I try not to. Uh, I try not to get into too many of the specific comments when it comes to that type of. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to get back to you on that one. Maybe hit me up on Twitter. We can talk a little bit more. Uh, Bing works great on, uh, on Curse. It does, uh, Ronald. Uh, my my problem is, uh, and it's hopefully easy to explain. I'm about two feet away from where my laptop and where the camera is. So where we are sitting to each other for me to fit in the frame exactly. And uh, I don't know why I decided to do this with my microphone. Hold on, let me see. So I can actually get a lot closer, you guys, uh, where it actually gets much better. And I'm able to reach my keyboard. But where I was before, for me to reach the keyboard, I would have had to just do this. And I did not want to do that on screen and try to fumble, uh, trying to convert that. But yeah, Bing conversion does really good. And I think my problem was I, I just put 25K to US and I didn't say 25K rupee to US. And it, and then I gave me the converter and it was just it was just a mess. Aditya, 300 and 400 seems like a solid price point. But given that the Indian... Uh, the, Given that the, oh, the Indian market, uh, it will mean it's a good uh, it's a good addition to the competition if you retain the software update frequency that they've been known in the U.S. So that's an absolute, exactly spot on point there from Aditya. Um, OnePlus has to bring the same game that they're bringing to the eight and the eight Pro to the Nord. If they do that, that's when they become more functional. It will become more value added. It's that post sale support that a lot of us uh, want to get out of it. Now. I'm not gonna comment too much about the fact that there's obviously aftermarket uh, operating, you know, uh, ROMs and so on. The XDA community thrives on this. That's what we're, you know, 90% of what people buy OnePlus devices. When I when I say that is when they started to buy them in the beginning. Now there are people that are buying them because they're in the stores. They're you know operated or carried by carriers in the U.S. Um, but Nord needs to have that support. It needs to have that OnePlus uh, lifestyle. And I say that because that's what people love about OnePlus. It's a fast device. It has a very nice, clean UI, but it also gets a lot of updates. It also has a beta program. Uh, so we'll have to see how those things come up. At the, 300, the 335 price point. Now, uh, one thing that Aditi, I think I just, you just brought up that I didn't, I don't know if you meant to bring it up or not directly is that's the price point in India, which free for the most part in Europe, that's not going to be the price point. If they followed what they did with the eight and the eight pro where the price point in the Indian market was lower than the U S market, uh, there's a good chance that that means that device will be roughly around 450, $450 U S equivalent or so uh, it is less, or it may even be 499. Uh, it'll be basically right at that price point, uh, close to that price point in the U uh, European market, mostly because of the shipping, the uh, obviously import taxes. And there's a lot of different factors playing in, into that market. Um, so those are things that we need to kind of keep in mind of what's going on. So I, my hope is even at that price point, it's still a good price. I feel like in the US, this would be more comparable to the TCL 10 Pro that we just saw not that long ago, which coincidentally, they had a, a sale that was going on. And I hope they have that again very, very soon. Uh, they dropped the price by like 15% or so. Uh, Sam, so 335 would be a great price. Uh, uh, that I may be able to pick up the Nord, yeah, but it'll be way cheaper in India at five hundred. And five hundred dollars might be harder. To, uh, <laughs> it's a little bit harder, yeah. No, but but I think we have to also imagine that 
Indian pricing are are going to be a little bit lower than where we are because of the market, because of certain factors that I think are playing a big factor into what OnePlus's market pl uh, game plan is. But this device isn't meant for the US. So for the most part, we are going to have to pay European price points. Um, today we're doing tea, by the way. Did not go with the water uh, as I usually do. I decided to go with uh, some cardamom tea just to kind of keep things uh, running. So uh, yeah, no, thank you, Sam. Appreciate it. Uh, have you used or seen the Sharp Aquas R5G? Uh, no, Kevin. Uh, so thank you for the comment on that one, by the way, uh, and welcome uh, if I haven't seen you before on the, on the show. Um, so the Sharp Aquas, for the most part, Sharp does not really release many of their devices in the US. I think if anything, in the US market, uh, we get them as imports. They're mostly known uh, in the Asian market, specifically Japanese market. So I was a while back when, uh, when they were starting to come up with, uh, I think was it, uh, I forgot which Sharp was it. It was a Sharp Aquas device uh, running in Japan. A buddy of mine that worked at XTA uh, did uh, talk about it. Um, and that was the only time I got a chance to learn about it. But I haven't uh, I haven't used the Sharp one since literally playing with it for a couple of minutes at CES. That was it. Uh, uh, during CES 2020, I was just passing and I saw a device and I checked it out. But no, uh, sadly, I don't have enough. Uh, let me know what you think and if you have a, what, what your thoughts are on the uh, R5. Sorry, I think it was it. Yeah, the R5G. Uh, Vikash, oh, he's answering Aditya's question here. Um, so that puts it in the TCL 10 range. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel like that's where it's going to be. And again, this is purely me speculating. But if the price point in India is around 335, which we saw, again, I think the price point for the OnePlus 8 Pro was 735, 750, where we had it for $1,000 or like the uh, $800. So they, they did drop the price uh, and it was about a 50 to 100 bucks. I would imagine it being somewhere between the four to 500, not the three to 400 in the US. It, that's generally the mid range. The so 765 processing uh, chipset, for the most part, based on the fact uh, of other devices releasing in that, that's really where we should expect. Uh, does it make sense? I Feel like again, they're they're filling in that that gap that they created by the, the OnePlus Eight being at six ninety nine. You're in the seven hundreds. You're no longer in the mid range. And it, again, I, I feel like it's a great device. The OnePlus Eight, by the way, and the Eight Pro are both absolutely fantastic devices. They've done a lot of updates into them, a lot of improvements into the cameras, and of course, just they're just absolutely some of the best devices that they've done. Uh, and of course, the OnePlus Eight in uh, Interstellar Glow one of the best colors hands down. And I think if you're able to pick one up, you're not going to be disappointed. So we'll have to see how that, that kind of goes in there. Um, round, uh, is the NVIDIA Shield, ah, is the Shield TV Pro still a good buy uh, with a PS5 coming out? Uh, I think they're, they're two different things. They don't necessarily work in the same uh, in the same realm. So yes, I, I realize that the PS5 is going to be something that a lot of us are going to be covering and looking into. I'm personally very intrigued in the PS5. Uh, mostly because of the design that they decided to go with but essentially it's also some of the specifications we see there i'm more of an xbox person so i'll definitely be getting the xbox x uh, it's not necessarily because of a, a loyalty thing but i have a lot of purchases a lot of my uh, commitments are on one ecosystem on xbox so for me to shift my dragon ball z or my dragon ball uh, experience and all of the other games that i have like the older dragon ball games uh I'm hoping we're still going to be able to kind of have uh, obviously continued support so i'll have a way of being able to play my older games uh, but again, I'm very interested to see uh, where I would say that the NVIDIA Shield TV, the Pro is definitely worth it because if you're going to do streaming, if you're going to be, you know, playing online games with the NVIDIA, uh, you know, the um, 
I think it's the GeForce Now uh, game system. I think it's a great system to work with, but it's not truly going to give you uh, I mean, so you're offloading some of the horsepower on the device to the cloud. So that's where you're kind of getting it there, where the PlayStation 5 is going to be a console that just kind of covers everything. And you have the option of going with the all digital or the one with the drive. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting experience. I wouldn't necessarily put them head to head. I don't feel like they play the same level. Uh, and of course, we also have some games that play much better on console than they play on PC. And then, of course, NVIDIA Shield is in that middle ground in between. Um, I personally have the NVIDIA Shield Pro and I like it. Uh, I personally would say the PS5 for me is more of a, a different experience. The Shield Pro is more content consumption, casual gaming and play games every once in a while. But I don't necessarily have, uh, like if I'm running a game on GeForce Now, my entire house internet has to be turned off so that I can focus my internet connection to GeForce Now, if that makes sense. Online gaming has a lot of benefit, but I feel like console gaming will still be very nice. Ganesh, um, after the digital war, uh, now Huawei and ZTE are announced not to, uh, not to support 5G technology in India. We'll have to see how that goes. Again, a lot of these announcements are still kind of in the early stages. I probably would say it's a very it's a very interesting time. 2020 is there's no there's there's not okay. We just today is July 4th, right? The fourth day of after the middle of the year. So we've crossed the halfway point, but it's definitely a very unique year. Um, very, very much a unique year. I'm, I'm hoping that things will change and get better for us. Uh, can you share us your YouTube analytics? That's an interesting question, uh, no more, and I'm sadly going to say no. Um, what is your top 10 countries in terms of views and your income? Uh, very personal question. Uh, interesting that you're asking it. Uh, but no, I, I, that's something that is very personal. It's like somebody coming up to you in the middle of the street and say, hi, how are you doing? Uh, can you open up your wallet and show me your pay stub? It's a little bit hard. Uh, my YouTube analytics are some things that I always kind of watch and I work with, but it's not something that I'm unfortunately comfortable sharing. Uh, and uh, I, 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 yeah, sorry, can't do that one. Uh, a very interesting question. <laughs> Uh, do you do you think uh, you would be able to switch uh, your live setup uh, to the Xperia Pro when it comes? Absolutely. I, you know, actually, I'll take that back. First, two things. Um, uh, Streamyard, I think it was a week ago, announced that they've actually and uh, they've launched their mobile setup. So I can actually now, from now on, and just to kind of a heads up for uh, for both Matt and Sam, uh, you're able to actually host your actual live stream straight from your phone. So it will be compatible with the front facing and the back facing camera. So this is something that I'm going to basically, uh, my goal essentially is as soon as when I get my Xperia, I want a one Mark II. Um, that will be one of the things I would love to do. If, if by, by a miracle, I get the Xperia Pro for review, that will supersede first thing I said, just kind of an example. Yeah. If I get the pro, uh, if we get the pro in the house, um, I think the the pro is really meant for that live streaming. It takes Xperia One Mark II to and it just brings in HDMI export. So what I, my ideal situation would be is this: we'll use uh, now. If we understand, obviously, is that the Xperia Pro is going to be on Verizon, it's going to have five uh, G. But my thing would be is running an entire live stream on the Xperia Pro using my A7 III. So I'll hook up my full size, full frame. Uh, camera from Sony to the Xperia Pro. Use the Xperia Pro as my host. So I'll, I'll, I'll run uh, StreamYard on the Xperia Pro, running the camera from there. And I'm going to run that entire live stream with you guys. And hopefully the beaches are open from the beach 
We're going to run it. We'll have a live stream. We're going to work it. I'm going to be mobile the entire time, and we're going to do this live. So yes, look forward to that uh, as a live stream. That's going to be a big challenge uh, because I love to be able to see how far we can push the capabilities on what the Xperia Pro can do. Uh, the Xperia Pro, from what I understand, it, at, at least at the time when they launched, it seemed like it was an Xperia 1 Mark II, but mostly you know, configured to run for creators, streamers, content creators. I, I, for me, HDMI in screams external camera, right? Nothing's wrong with the cameras on the Xperia Pro, uh, but I would imagine if I wanted to use a front-facing camera, as we probably have seen, I would much rather use my a7 III as opposed to the front-facing camera and what we've seen uh, in the past, because otherwise I would have probably just switched over to the back sensor. But yeah, StreamYard now does support uh, mobile hosting, which means I don't actually have to run it from the PC here. I can technically be outside and do this whole thing. Uh, I just didn't think far enough to try to do it today. Uh, what, what did I miss? I, uh, and do I need to import a OnePlus Nord and Xperia 5 to TK? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, Matt. Actually, uh, while you were out, as in all meetings, uh, you got all the responsibilities. You, yeah, you're pretty much it. Everything, all the action items went to you. Uh, no, uh, what I, what, when, while you were out, I was trying to, um, I was like, wink, wink, kind of like trying to see if I can get uh, get you to help me uh, try to get a Nord. It's not going to be released in the U.S. And for me to get it uh, from OnePlus, I don't. They don't ship internationally, so the only way for me to get it uh, in 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 a timely manner is for me to, to to try to work with somebody in the market, which I'm assuming UK obviously will be because the UK is a big part of it. So yeah, I was hoping if you can actually help me out with that. Um, as far as the Xperia Five. Uh, uh, I always like to do this, but the Xperia 5 already here. And I think we were talking about the Xperia 1 Mark II uh, purple edition. Oh, by, by the way, Matt, how's, how is the Xperia doing for you? How Are, are you uh, enjoying it? Is it, is it? is it is it living up to the hype? Maybe that's the better way to say it. Um, Vikash, oh, okay, so uh, see your thought. I wonder if Xiaomi and Oppo would always copy what Apple does. Uh, don't, do, yeah, so... Xiaomi and Apple, I think for the most part, are starting the. They may have started in that ecosystem of basically copying the uh, the aesthetics of what we saw with the iOS ecosystem, but I think they're starting to shift. I think if we if we what we see right now with the MIUI 12 beta that's going out, and I cannot wait to get it actually running on my international model because the one I've seen it right now it's mostly mostly running on the Mi 10 Pro, on the China model one. Uh, I'm really excited. And I think they're starting to shift away. Oppo is for sure starting to basically work on their next version. I think they announced, uh, or we saw somewhere that basically about uh, ColorOS 7.2 that's going to be coming out very soon. And then, of course, uh, whatever ends up being the Android 11 equivalent that comes out. Um, <coughs> I have the beta installed on my... Uh, Ooh, lost internet. Okay, I am back. I am back. <laughs> ah, okay. And I am back because I jumped network. Okay, so our first, first little technical problem. Um, let me see here. Let me see if the actual Wi-Fi is back. No, 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 no. The, the Wi-Fi is not back. That is very interesting. Okay. Uh, 
let's see i'll give it a few more seconds i, I, I definitely want to see if it's actually so even though the internet connection was running fine and and i seem like i lost my my connection and i'm back because my my system jumped uh i'm wondering how things are hold on a second don't move <laughs> Okay, so this is uh, one. Of, this is one of the few times I'm going to actually say this was my fault. <laughs> this had nothing to do uh, with what was going on. So yeah, no, definitely for sure. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and turn it back on, and we'll jump back on the actual hot spot. Uh, your 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 bro did a big mistake. He so I, I think I mentioned to you guys at the beginning of the video that I put the actual hotspot outside so I can get a better internet connection. Well, I put it outside, and where I left it was a shade area at the beginning. Uh, yeah, no, um, so I, I'm back. Sorry, guys, I appreciate that. Yes, 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 yes. No, no, uh, so what happened? Sorry, let me recap real quick. Uh, so the hotspot is back in the house. I actually had to bring it back in. Uh, so what happened is, is a very uh, thermal uh, thing. So let me just see real quick here. Okay, so I'm back, and um, sorry, uh, which one do you think for Mac OS, Android OS? Okay, so uh, no more. Give me a second there. I'll get to your question. So uh, sorry, guys, I'm back. I do want to say one quick thing. Uh, so the, the hotspot itself is still running. It was fine. I just, I made a mistake. When I first set up this entire thing in the morning, um, I took the hotspot and put it outside in a spot where it was shaded. Uh, there was actually getting some shade from a tree in the backyard and I was fine and everything was running great. And apparently I forget how the sun works and the whole earth rotation thing, uh, but apparently the sun kind of changes, you know? And uh, apparently it was sitting in the sun. So it, it actually did overheat. That's the reason why uh, we lost network connection. We had that circle. It is not a fault of the actual device. And I do want to say I'm sorry about that. Um, but it did actually still work. Uh, I brought it back in, cooled it down a little bit. Uh, and of course, it runs much better. Now it's actually in the office. I'll show you guys where it is. And uh, so here. So this this is the actual unit itself. We are running off of this right now and it still has full uh, almost three bars. So it's actually a little bit less, but uh, that was the reason why I put it outside. That that was the actual answer for that. So uh, to come back uh, again, thank you to Alcatel for hooking it up. Sorry. I forgot. There is So there's one thing you want to keep in mind. If you are using a hotspot and you put it outdoors and you're using it and you're having fun, make sure you don't leave it in direct sunlight because over, uh, if it overheats, it will shut itself off for battery protection. Um, it does have a 4,400 milliampere battery that's built in here. Let's go ahead and open up the back. And you can kind of see it right there. So the battery is in here and then there is a SIM card that's right below it. Over there, which prefer Mac or Windows, Android or iOS? Um, each one of them serves a purpose in my life, and every single one of them is is good. Um, I use Windows most of the time over Mac OS, although I use Mac OS as well. I use 
Android over iOS because Android is what I do uh, and Android is what I prefer, but I do also use iOS. So kind of answer is uh, they're all, but I would say Windows and, and I, Windows and Android are number one. Stream, yes, sorry about that, Ganesh. I, I do apologize. I, I am I am back. No, uh, I should be back. Yeah, so that last, that last one. Uh, so, Smarjeet, I, I want to say, so, sorry, let, maybe I'll, I'll ask the question. So the question is, is it true that Apple will not include a charger uh, and EarPods in the iPhone 12? So they don't include EarPods to start with. They haven't they haven't done those for a while. So that's something that there's, um, I take that back. I, they do include them. Uh, they generally include the wired EarPods, not the, uh, not the, uh, light, you know, the three and a half millimeter ones. Um, they don't include the adapter anymore. So now they include just the EarPods. The question would be is this, uh, and I saw the video and I saw all the comments. A lot of people are concerned about that part. I would say, if nothing else, the actual charger is a must. There is no question that they would sell something that you cannot charge. If a device that sells for $1,000, you know, $1, $1,200 or something like that does not come with a power break and you have to pay an extra $35 to use it, uh, I feel like it just kind of makes no sense. The, the the removal of the adapter out of the box, that was one thing because a lot of people don't use them anymore. They want people to buy. They're basically lightning uh, cable so that they get better connections that way. And of course, it's more optimized and there's a whole pricing thing going on. But the short answer is, I feel like as a rumor for them to remove that out of the box, it doesn't make sense. It, you need something to be able to charge the device, and there is no other device, no other means, unless they include a wireless charger, which will include a brick. Uh, there's no other way for you to charge it out of the box. If you send, it, if you give this to somebody as a gift, you're having to buy $1,200 plus a $35 accessory. Now. What they can do, obviously, is they obviously they can make it maybe that it is just not as, um, you know, as a, I was going to say not as fast. They don't include the fast charger. I, I don't really think that, that as a rumor, I think that that is not something that could potentially happen. I don't think we are at that level in any technology to even go with uh, no chargers or no included chargers in the box. Because even the phone that's supposed to be was, was going to come out, and I think it was an Asus phone that was supposed to come out with no buttons, still included the charger. So even if there's no inputs, we still need some way to charge our device and get it to go back to 100% every night. There's also the ability of getting it of any kind of troubleshooting without a charger. The cable that is included with the charger, you have a hard time doing that without buying an extra $35 accessory. So I really hope Apple doesn't doesn't think that that's innovation. If they if they are thinking, if they're trying to go in that direction. Uh, expected the price of OnePlus Nord in India is about 350 That's what we saw before. I think uh, we were looking at it and it's something that is, I feel like it's a great price point for the Indian market, but I think one of the other comments, uh, you know, uh, we saw before is the fact that it's going to compete with whatever is already on the market and they need to bring something more than just a lower price point or a mid-tier price point with the 765. They need to provide you that OnePlus experience that you get with the OnePlus 8, the OnePlus 8 Pro at the $350, $335, uh, you know, or you know, equivalent in Indian rupee uh, price point. That's what will make them succeed in the long term. It's, it's post-sale support and software support that most people will want to be able to get. So uh, just to guys keep you guys a heads up, uh, at an hour and six minutes, we are down to 89% on the battery um, on this hotspot. So really nice. And actually, by the way, I think the stream runs really nice on it so far. So thank you very much to Alcatel. Um, I appreciate that, Sam. I appreciate it. Yeah, today's stream is... Uh, actually, one of the other reasons why I like using StreamYard over using YouTube is because uh, what it does... Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
just do me a favor. Let me know what shipping company you guys used last time to send out the v, uh, the the LG the G8 so that we use a different one. That would be my only thing. So I'm not, not trying to make fun of it, but yeah. Um, I mean, the, the... <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So this this deserves to be said. So um, I am human. Uh, the, the one of the users on the channel uh, is basically said the hotspot turns itself off when it becomes a hotspot. Rolling, rolling dice. Okay, if I had sound effects, I would have been basically just making everybody laugh right now. But yes, no, uh, that that got me right there. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. So Samuel, um, oh, I'd love to ha how we can jump in import duties and uh, and Matt, and now he'll take care of it. Uh, we'll have to figure out how to how to be able to get it to work. Yeah. No, uh, I do realize obviously there'll be some import duties, but to me, it's more about you know, experiencing the device as, as fast as possible. And I feel like I, I did the exact same thing with the OnePlus 7. I imported it from Hong Kong. I didn't, I had to do something. But again, um, the situation right now, it's very interesting. I don't know where it's going to be available from third-party sellers. So the only thing I would do is if I have, you know, obviously, since we have some friends in Europe as well, DTA, you know, you guys are in the markets. Uh, hopefully we can work something out. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, um, what's it called? Juan Carlos would be interested in one as well. Uh, as he and I are always generally friends, or we may end up just sharing it because I think that'll be also, uh, you know, what we generally try to do. Um, especially knowing that the uh, the uh, knowing the, uh, that the Apple cable is very bad in the quality in quality. So yes, uh, quality wise or quality control on Apple hardware is very interesting. On their smartphones, they have very good quality controls. Uh, the power brick, there's really not much you can really mess with it. It's a small brick connector, and it works just the way it does. Uh, it's the cable that 90% of people that generally have a problem with is that connector that at, at the tip on the connector that connects to your smartphone. That's 90% of where our failures happen. If that's not where it is, it's usually the USB type A connector side that generally will fail. And I think that's where Anchor, Aki, all the other manufacturers that sell third-party cables can generally, you know, profit because they are providing you a much better quality cable at a reasonable price. So if you're looking for things like that, make sure to check them out. Um, is the air power? I don't think there was air power was always basically a discussion of um, yeah, the, the air. So I think it, what what we saw essentially with air power is that something that I think may still be coming in the future. Uh, they threw it out there. They didn't get a chance to get it working and it didn't come out overall other than just initial conversations. Uh, can it happen? Yes. Can they still be working on it and just basically leave it in on the back burner? Absolutely. We'll have to see what the iPhone 12 does. And as we get closer to it, I personally would say make sure that it runs good and it isn't generating a lot of heat, especially for iOS devices. And I think it could still make it uh, even if they release it with the iPhone 12 or 13. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the Galaxy Fold 2 and the Galaxy Note 20 Ultra? If you had to buy one, which one would you go? Hands down, the Galaxy Fold 2. I I really like the Galaxy Fold uh, form factor. There is something to be said about a phone that seriously, it's it's not that much thicker than a stand, like or it is a little bit thicker. So it's it's not that much thicker, but basically holding two phones together. But then when you open it, you get a full size tablet. That is something that I could not say good things about it. Enough good things about it. Uh, nothing nothing's wrong with the S twenty Ultra, but or the Note twenty Ultra. But at the end of the day, it's a rectangle phone with a pen that we've seen before. 
it's not going to be groundbreaking in the sense of, uh, you know, uh, technology providing us. It'll have a high refresh rate. It'll have some great cameras on the back. The S Pen will probably do some additional new features. But when we talk about pushing the limits, pushing that functional uh, thing that we want to see out of a smartphone, I think the Fold will always do that. The Z Flip does the exact same thing. I think durability is where I'm really waiting to see how we can get them to be a little bit more durable um, and less prone to uh, damaging over time with the with the moving mechanisms. That's the biggest things. But I would definitely be checking out the Fold 2 uh, because that to me is very exciting, uh, especially if they do provide it. In, in, uh, we're seeing some different rumors there's going to be a Fold Lite. There's also that possibly could happen. So we'll have to see it. Uh, yep, and there's always BNH. So BNH has always been good. I, I'm with you on uh, on that as well. And uh, I've seen BNH do imports quite fast, but they're generally a, a few weeks behind. So like they'll take the pre-orders, but then the availability for the hardware for them will be like a week or so, week or so behind. Uh, so that was always going to be a little bit of a, a delay. It's really more of a, as I'm sure you're right, uh, you're, you're familiar, Ronald. It's a timing issue, right? The sooner I'm able to get my hands on a device, the the better I'm able to be part of that conversation, uh, because of just the way YouTube is YouTube. I, I, I want to say I, I'm not trying to say it's a bad thing. I'm just saying this is just generally how the algorithm works. Uh, the subject will be basically hot and heavy with everybody uh, for a certain amount of time. And if you get into the game later on, you're still able to make your voice, but I feel like your voice gets kind of overshadowed by all the other content that was present. The Xperia 1 Mark II was a very uh, ex good example of that for Juan and I uh, for coverage. We had access to the device where most other companies or other news outlets didn't. And I feel like it has something to do with the fact that we're physically closer to where I think Sony was sending out some of their devices, so we got them first. Uh, unfortunately, that was also kind of a limiting of the amount of time we were able to spend with them. But again, we'll have to see what BNH does. Uh, US, oh, okay. If I, I, I want to say I remember that it was the postal service, so we'll probably end up having to go with either FedEx or um, I think DHL is also pretty big in the UK. We can definitely go through, uh, yeah, DHL there. Um, no, uh, if I'm right, if I'm not mistaken, I think 30 watts will be probably the maximum there. If anything, they'll be able to basically get it on the 765. It does not support 60 watt, 65 watt charging yet. Um, I want to see. I want to say that they, I've seen um, Reno devices with, um, if I'm not mistaken, with uh, MediaTek processors go to the 60 watt charging. But I, I don't think the 765 has been rated to run a 65 watts for that. But again, I, I would never say never, never. But uh, in the future, things could change. Uh, heard that the Galaxy Watch 3 will be priced around 400 to $500, $400 to $600. It will be bringing major updates to uh, like the ECG. And um, don't you think it's a, it's a steep price? It is a massive steep price hike. Uh, yeah, especially if it goes into them. I mean, 400 I take that back. Uh, 399 is... I think the way currently we've been paying for in the at least in the U.S. market uh, for LTE connected smartwatches. That's generally where we go in for those price points. And it's also obviously if you're talking Apple Watch, there that's where they're mid. You know, I would say starting point three fifty to three ninety nine. But that's Apple, and that Apple is always going to be there. And I feel like if if Samsung's trying to jump into their system into their game by bringing the ECG or uh, the EKG uh, ECG functionality. Um, I feel like they're they're probably they're just basically again they're they're putting themselves they're outpricing themselves out of the market that they need to be. I feel like the watch itself needs to provide more, not just enough. It's like don't meet the requirement of somebody else and charge as much as them. 
exceed them and charges them. That's how you succeed. Meeting and charging uh, the way they are, all you're doing is just providing an equal, equal, um, equivalent offering on the other side. And in my opinion, I feel like that's not going to help you make a better price. And at that point, I'll probably just wait for it to drop down a little bit, and that's when I'll pick it up. Uh, the Watch Active Two still runs really good. I ended up giving that one to my wife. She loves it. I'm using the Tick Watch Pro, so uh, we'll have to see if that makes even sense for people. Um, so LG, I think if LG works out a, mechanic, a system or a, an offering in the, um, sorry, so Ronald mentioning LG's working on a folding device. I feel like LG's doing great in the, uh, not folding, but essentially in the dual screen device market right now, the Velvet, the V60, the V50, the, v, uh, the LG G8X. I think they should focus on that and then at, at some point take, take their time to provide a better experience with a folding device. I think folding technology is absolutely exciting because it, that brings that new form factor that we haven't had before and we're starting to see more devices i mean we have so many devices i mean from concept devices but actual devices that you and i can go down to a store if, if stock is available and pick up as a, a z flip and pick up a galaxy fold those are things that you can do that we couldn't do in 2019 so those are things again we need to appreciate seeing second generations of certain things to come out i think that's also going to be very really nice so I, I i can definitely appreciate more companies in the actual field. Uh, so the battery, so um, so this is uh, uh, Samarjit, uh, sorry, um, hopefully I'm saying that correctly. I wasn't sure if I said it right the first time. Uh, the, the main difference that we get with fast, fast chargers are two things. Yes, A is generating a lot of heat. That's something that will not be sustainable for an extended amount of time. So when I say that is for your battery health, for your system, for overall performance, heating up your device to that level every time you want to charge it up. So if you're using a device like that, that does have very fast charging and you're always letting it go down to 5% and then supercharging it back to 100% and generating all that heat definitely has some impact. 55, 65 watt chargers are going to do that. But what you're starting to see also on some of these manufacturers that are putting in battery health type of services. Um, the Xperia 1 Mark II had a very nice service that when you plug in your device later in the evening, when it knows it's at night, it gave me the ability of charging my device. And it told me, basically said, look, your device will reach 100% at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. And this was like around 10 o'clock at night the night before. And I found that to be very good because A, it wasn't trying to supercharge my device. It wasn't trying to give me that, you know, lightning from zero to 100 and consistently, consistently keep it at 100 for whatever hours. It slow charged it all the way up to, to, to uh, that 7 a.m. Uh, timeline, and it gave me my device the way I wanted it. And I think that's what we need to start seeing. Give us that 65, 55-watt charging capability for when we really need it. But in the long term, provide us also the tools that enables us to have better battery life on our, on our devices, like the ability of scheduling when we reach 100 by slow charging the device when we're not using it because you and i don't care if the chart if the phone's taking six hours to charge or five hours to charge if we're asleep during that time none of that matters it could take a slow time and the battery will last uh, and we will be much more appreciative of that um so do you think nvidia has the uh, has the potential sorry this is from um anirud anirud hopefully i'm saying it correctly um it says do you think that the nvidia nvidia has the potential of creating a uh, create a an awesome chip against the Apple Bionic for Android phones as NVIDIA Shield has an awesome power power. Um, we have seen NVIDIA chipsets in in, uh, in different devices. So NVIDIA used to make the NVIDIA Shield tablet that also had a chipset, the NVIDIA Shield tablet. And they've also made chipset for other tablets in the past for, yeah, I think if I'm not mistaken, uh, Nexus used to use one of their chipsets as well. Um, 
I think NVIDIA ha- makes great chipsets for their own ingrown, um, basically homegrown uh, ecosystem. So the tablet, the NVIDIA Shield, the NVIDIA Shield Pro, all of those will use great chipsets from NVIDIA. And I think they have a great potential of making it into the market. The problem that we start facing when we start looking at multiple chipsets, it's compatibility by the processor uh, and the way it in- the uh, integration of everything into it. So NVIDIA used to provide it for tablet. It was on the, uh, on the uh, I think it was, like I said, I, I want to say the Nexus 7 is an NVIDIA, it has an NVIDIA SOC on it. I could be wrong, but I feel like one of the, one of the Nexus tablets did have it. Um, I felt like NVIDIA focuses more on their own devices now as opposed to providing other things. They're focusing more on their in-home, obviously with their gaming, with their GPUs. They can make a big splash if they decide to get back into the mobile device uh, space. Uh, I think the biggest challenge would be is essentially is they're leaving their homegrown, um, you know, they tried and true system that they know everybody loves them for, and then jumping into basically the mad game between Qualcomm, uh, MediaTek, and, you know, uh, the Kirin processors, and then, of course, the Exynos processors. There's already a lot of players in there. And unless they can provide something that is very unique at a low price point, I don't feel like this is going to be very much of a a time benefit for them. I think it's better for them to focus on what they provide best, focusing on their systems, and of course, just keeping keep going with what they have there. Uh, But I definitely I would appreciate them being in that market. Um, I like to try the Pixel phones, but it's it's all out of stock. Pixel devices right now are actually even the Pixel 3a and the 3a XL are out of uh, are no longer being sold uh, they're getting ready for the next one Sony USHQ is in California uh yeah San Diego actually down the uh, not down the street but like uh, maybe three hours or so roughly from where I am uh, I'm not sure if that's where they're shipping things from it for for PR purposes and so on but they are yeah I think Qualcomm is also in there uh I've heard of a hundred watt no ah man a hundred watt chart we don't need that I mean yeah, uh, I think we should probably focus on battery health and device health. The last thing we want is that much horsepower on a phone. Um, yes, no, no, definitely great for battery. And speaking of battery, I definitely want to keep checking on my battery on this. Uh, not that I don't worry about it, but again, it is sitting in here. It's not going to overheat. I'll let it, uh, let's see if we can let it refresh here. And I'm, I'm logging back into it just to kind of see. You can't see the battery really well on the actual hotspot, uh, you can kind of see uh, that if it drops to a certain level. So we're 88% at an hour and 20 minutes. This is this is great. Um, oh, here, let's jump over. What is your phone known? Abdullah, how do we, I'm assuming, are you saying what phone am I using? Um, right now I'm using the Mi 10 Pro and the, uh, sorry, the um, S20 Ultra. Uh, and I do have, and I, this one's probably going to be on for a week or so. Um, I am going to be switching over to the Honor, the Honor 30 Pro Plus. That one's going to be my next uh, daily driver uh, in the next couple of days. Uh, trying to finish up some stuff on the Mi 10 Pro. Uh, right on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's more of a roll-up screen device like their T. Oh, okay. So this is going to be more of like that. Um, I forgot I forgot the name of it. They had they showed it to us at CES. It was essentially like an entire box that sat where the TV kind of rolled up and came back. So essentially, this would be a bit more of like a rolling. So, uh, I, I would like to see that. So this is more like a sci-fi type of an experience. You know, you get the, the phone and then you roll it up, you get the bigger screen and you roll it back in when you don't want it, which I think it's a good experience. So you use it when you need it. And when you don't, you're using a phone that looks just like this. And when you want it bigger, you just roll it away, bring it back in. And if I'm not mistaken, I think I saw somewhere where the rolling mechanism on the left side. So essentially is you're stretching the phone 
um, this way as opposed to basically put in that way. So we'll we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, Ronald, yeah. And then, hey, Chemi's in the comments. Uh, would love to see the next logical step for smartwatches uh, for features. Uh, and what would be reasonable price for smartwatches uh, with the whole set of functions, not only as basics. So smartwatches are, are, if we probably also, you know, we should be able to talk a little bit more that uh, Qualcomm just released or at least unveiled their new chipset. I think the 4100 plus uh, chipset that's going to be coming out to smartwatches, which surprisingly we haven't seen many watches use even with the first generation of the last generation of smartwatches and i say that because TicWatch, even though it's released in 2020 is still using the 2100 uh, model but because they increased the ram and because they uh, they're giving us a slightly bigger battery with it it's still able to hang with what the new chipset is supposed to provide us with better battery power uh, batteries battery savings um as far as new features for smartwatches uh chemi i think the best thing that we can talk about or look into is uh, connectivity. Battery life is also going to be a big thing. I think more and more devices, more and more smartwatches need to thrive to try to shoot for that one week experience. So five to seven day battery life is what we need. Um, connectivity going to be the next big thing. Uh, you know, obviously mobile payment is something that we also see, but it's, you know, the, EK, the ECG uh, functionality that we're seeing that what Apple is offering. I'd like to see more health oriented things into that, into smartwatches because smartwatches are very personal. They're also unique. We carry them with us all the time. So having things that are more uh, conducive to, you know, having that experience where you can leave your phone at your desk, step away, have more native apps. Those are the things that are going to be able to provide us. I don't think there's a, enough room in this ecosystem or this environment to add uh, bigger screens and so on. They have to basically work with the limited space because the watch conforms them to be in that small form factor. They can get a little bit bigger, but then that kind of starts alienating certain parts of the community. That mid-tier mid price or form factor where this kind of looks like a watch and you guys can actually see the screen right there and I can actually touch it right there and then it'll open up the regular watch. That's That makes sense. Speakers, phone, you know, phone calls, notifications, response. That's the tailoring experience that we want to be able to see. Um, yeah, the Integra chipsets, exactly. But again, we've seen them before and they've had them in different devices. They're just, I don't think their main focus is smartphones. I think their main focus is, uh, again, their own homegrown type of an experience. Um, <laughs> the Escobar, oh my God. Um, it's exactly what you said. It's a scam. It's an absolute scam. It's a scam that somehow self-fulfills, and I, I really don't like about it, uh, what it does, because the reason I say this is a, a very, very unique. Um, anytime a person, that any anytime, anytime you make a video to talk about a hardware that you got from them, I feel like it's you're you're just perpetuating it. Even if in, even if it's in your video, you're saying, "Do not do this. Do not buy this." but you're showing them that you got the phone from them and then you're showing them the phone and you're talking about the phone, you're perpetuating it. It's like saying, uh, you know, if somebody does something bad and you want to basically not make them popular, but then you keep referring to their name, you're by definition, you're, you're making them become a part of the conversation. I think the Escobar conversation is a very interesting conversation because we can see what they're trying to do. It's very, you know, with a little bit of like with a few seconds of conversation or even thought process, you can see that this is a scam. This is not going to happen. There's just no way for it to exist. And then the only people that have it are people that are able to create, to create content around it and make it into the public eye. So those are the things that we want to kind of keep in mind. At the end of the day, um, I really hope that whatever they're doing, they 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 find a better way to make make a living and not keep trying to cheat people out of you know just taking money and not shipping hardware. Uh, 
but it, again, it's to me, it's it's a bad situation. Um, Abdullah is asking is what is the best smartphone uh, at the moment? Uh, do you advise to use uh, Huawei because uh, the service is restricted from Google Play? Um, it really depends on what your what your needs are. Um, so I'll, I'll say this in, in an interesting way. Uh, Huawei, yes, doesn't have the services, but you can technically get them on. So I'm not I'm not trying to say how or what's the process. And I would say Google is your friend. Um, I wouldn't limit that. If, if that's the price point of a phone that you're looking for is in that price point and it happens to be a Huawei or an Honor phone and it works for you other than the Google Play thing, that's not going to be a limiting factor. You can fix that problem. And I would say, again, Google is your friend on that one. Um, but as far as actually if realistically on the price point right now in the US market, I think a good device would be like, honestly, I would say the OnePlus 8 is a great device for most carriers. It is available on most carriers. So you should be able to pick it up and enjoy using it quite nicely. Um, I feel like from an overall rounded experience, OnePlus is doing a great job with their smartphones. Um, when it comes down to obviously iOS, if you're looking for an uh, for an Apple device, something like that, obviously there's no question there. I think you definitely want to look into what you can afford. Uh, there's no there's no great best phone for everybody. There's going to be what's best for you, and there's going to be a different set of criteria that you're going to go through when you're making your decision on a purchase. First, the price point, the features, what you can do with it. I feel like the Google Play services should not be a factor into this. So I would say just make a decision based on what you're able to afford and what's available for you in your area. Um, so we've been using lithium-ion batteries eons ago. What do you think about the new evolution of batteries? I think battery batteries themselves uh, are are becoming. They need they they need to be that next innovation. That they need to be that next uh, development where we're able to a, have smaller form factor batteries, less heat generating batteries. Whenever we're basically charging and discharging them, so those are things that we want to be looking into. But as far as the new technology, we haven't seen anything that kind of you know became earth shattering where it just overtook everything. We've seen some demos of some early development, which hopefully in the next few years we'll see. But um, if nothing else, we've focused our technology, or the, most of the technology has been focused on processing power and optimizations on the software and hardware and outside of the battery. The battery itself, uh, in what we've seen from other companies, what they do is like, you know, where Oppo's uh, approach to fast charging isn't to provide us a, a battery that charges at 65 watt or a 60 watt. It's basically giving you two smaller batteries at the same half size of what the original big size battery charging at 30 watts same basically seamlessly are giving you that experience of a 60 watt charger at a full size battery so that's a great way to do it foldable devices now obviously are all using a split battery technology uh, meaning putting two different batteries and one on each side of the actual device so we haven't seen new development in the quality of the, you know, like where you're talking lithium ion, but we've seen where companies are starting to basically look at, as opposed to trying to, you know, uh, bake the entire pie, they're breaking the pie in two pieces and baking it faster or two small pieces. So we'll have to see how some of those things come up. Uh, lithium polymer now, by the way, yes, that's the new technology. Uh, Ronald is jumping. Lithium ion is actually the older generation. Lithium poly polymers now. Uh, Ah, the graphene graphene batteries. I have to see a little bit more about that one. I haven't really haven't I haven't read enough about that one. The Mi A2 in India has support for Qualcomm Quick Charge 4.0, but no charger available on the market. <laughs> it's like saying my car can go 100 miles, but there's no roads for you to go 100 miles on because most roads are 50. I, I'm with you. It, it's one of those really interesting conversations. They need to provide all of the tech that you need to be able to get it to run. Uh, what do you think of the Android Go versus uh, the Kai the Kia OS Kai OS? 
uh, for features, uh, phones in the year. Um, KaiOS, I liked KaiOS. Actually, I have a device that runs KaiOS, which is a, a smart, uh, I think what's it called? The, um, it's an Alcatel phone uh, that was also running it. Um, I feel like if you're going to run it, I feel like KaiOS has interesting approach to running Android. It has Google Assistant built into it. It has some functionalities that will run. I feel like it will bring the price point of the device a little bit better, uh, lower. Uh, although I prefer Android Go mostly because it, it is closer resembling to standard Android and you're able to customize it a little bit more. So it depends on the price point of what the manufacturers are able to release. Um, I also feel like KaiOS runs much better for touchless devices where Android One or Android Go is, uh, and um, I think it tended more for uh, touch devices. So you're you're really looking at two different ecosystems. Uh, Android Go, again, depends on the form factor. Uh, if you're looking at both of them, uh, I think the price point would probably be the best thing. Because I think overall, you're getting a very limited experience of what Android is going to be running there. And even if you get uh, KaiOS, you're going to be getting the uh, just some limited Android functionality built into it. Aditya, I really hope it's good. Qualcomm seems to, to have a uh, monopoly on the flagship SOC, and it is very risky power to give uh, to give any one company. Hopefully, we will see more competition. Uh, I think it's a big, big, big banner, if anything, for 2020 as far as how um, Qualcomm is basically, yeah, for the most part, just took the whole game, right? There's not much of a competition with them. Um, I think uh, MediaTek is trying to bring in uh, some competition to them, but they're still more focusing on the lower end, even with their flagships. I think Exynos is working um, close second. Uh, Kirin is, um, I think, running closer to the 855 than it is the 865, but we'll have to see what the new Kirin chipset comes out as that's going to be coming out very soon anyways. Um, as well as the fact that what we see with other manufacturers, like, you know, with uh, MediaTek and um, I forget, like there's another, there's one more SOC in China that we haven't really seen much for uh, in the U.S., um, but short answer is, I, I feel like, yeah, it is pretty much what we see here. But I think that's because of where this is the first generation. Everybody's reacting to it. So next year's or by the end of 2020, we'll start seeing the new SOCs from other companies or what they're offering. And I'm hoping that the, the competition will get a little bit better. And hopefully price points will start dropping for us as well. Uh, when it comes to getting a phone, uh, you go with the new budget phone or an old flagship. Um I think the cameras will probably have to factor into that, but I probably would say if, if let's say right now we'll 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 do an exact uh, you know kind of an example. I'm out to buy a phone and I'm going into the store, and uh, would I go with um, like a you know four hundred dollar phone or would I go with the OnePlus Seven T Seven T from last year? Hands down, I would go with the Seven T. It came out at the end of 2020. It's about eight months, seven to eight months old. It still runs really good. It has the H55 Plus, enough RAM. A lot of updates are still coming for it. It's still going to be receiving Android 10, sorry, Android 11 and Android, probably Android 12 for the two-year update. So I would probably still say uh, last year's flagship is definitely a good, good thing. My only thing would say is make sure that you're getting good cameras with it since you have enough time to see what other people have said about it. If you're comfortable and you're happy with what it's offering, I still think it's a great opportunity. I think the S10 Plus from last year is still a great device to check out and if you're considering getting it as well. Um, okay, so the 765 or the 765G based phones don't support 60 frames per second on PUBG, on PUBG mobile by default, but third-party tools can enable 60 frames per second. The Snapdragon 8, 765 um, has the, the capability uh, that it... Okay, what is the reason for not supporting it? Uh, that's question one of two. Uh, I think it's mostly optimization at this point, right? The fact is not that many devices are out there with the 765. I think most devices that we've seen 
um, run PUBG at the best are the obviously the higher frame rate with devices that run higher frame, uh, you know, high refresh rates than 60 frames per second. I feel like PUBG promised us 90 frames per second back at, at the Qualcomm Summit last year with the 865. We still haven't seen that. So there's also that part of the conversation that we haven't seen. Uh, as to why do you need third-party apps to turn it on, that tells you a couple of things. It's not optimized, and that's probably why it's not available. So at this point, I would probably say it's more of a timing before it's released. Uh, modes within PUBG are generally kept to run in the optimal case scenario. The 765, um, the example would be this. Um, the uh, This is the Mi 10 Pro, right? In the MIUI 12 beta, and, sorry, and this one runs a full HD display uh, with uh, 90 hertz display, uh, refresh rate. That's the maximum we can see here. In the beta, in a closed, in part of the beta that's running in China right now, I saw this on XDA's uh, the forums. Uh, there's 120 hertz mode for the uh, Mi 10 Pro. That is something that's been disabled and it is, hasn't been turned on mostly for optimizations. So that'll be part of the concerns that you want to look into there. Uh, do you think the iPad is overrated? Uh, the most prominent case scenario is I have I haven't seen an iPad in entertainment, in, uh, notably. I yeah I I, I want to say yes. I I think honestly the iPad has its use case scenario, but I don't think it's as popular. It, sh it shouldn't be as popular as it is right now, um, because of the fact of what it does and what it's limited. iPad OS at its best, it's still a mobile OS optimized to look like or run close enough to what we have for mac os if you need something to run at the level of what the mac os does get a mac uh, basically get a uh, basically a macbook air uh, don't don't go with a macbook 13 that was going to be close enough to what some of the ipad pros can get to especially when you start adding in the the keyboard accessory that's a 200 dollars accessory so for me to try to make a tablet run close to what a laptop is and get it so up in that spec, spec sheet to get close enough to the laptop i feel like you don't want it you want the tablet to stay in the tablet ecosystem give it enough power to be functional, but $200 accessories is to me, I feel like it's just too much. Uh, at the end of the day, if I want horsepower and I want productivity, I will go to my PC. I will go to my uh, basically ultra light uh, PC. So there are devices like, you know, um, AMD running chipsets that basically are laptops or thin ultra light laptops that will outperform what, uh, you know, functionality you would want to get out of a tablet with an attached keyboard. And again, unless you want to be, very much into that ecosystem. I feel like that's going to be something you guys, yeah, I, I feel like it would be something they should do better at. Uh, a different question. Do you think that these Ch the Chinese manufacturers are get, uh, are eating up quite a chunk of uh, TV market due to cheap prices? Uh, their plan, their their panels are, okay. So I think he's talking about uh, some of the new, uh, new devices that are coming up. So I think Xiaomi just, um, I, I saw somewhere on Twitter, they were talking about some of their new TVs, 65 inches. And we've obviously we've seen OnePlus jumping into the games, and we're seeing also other manufacturers jumping into the TV space. Um, I think the fact is panels are not as expensive as they used to be, and they're not going in with the super high versions of the panels. They're going in obviously with more uh, entry level, and some of them are even if there are 4K or even you know uh, the resolution that we're getting there. This is their first time, first generations of getting into a lot of these things. Um, as a competition, I think it's interesting. Uh, I think TCL, if anything, can be a perfect example of that. They've been at it for a while. They've moved into jumping into smartphones, making their own smartphones and giving us better, uh, better displays there. So it really depends on what you're looking for. And I would say, make sure you read up on, on the device that you're buying. Don't just jump into it. And I think the, the ability for us to make a decision or to, um, 
guide the market with our wallet is always going to be the best way to look at it. Uh, but I don't think it's it's making a big enough of an difference. I think people that want to buy a, a premium TV will buy a premium TV knowing what they're getting. Uh, and they're not going to jump in on the name just because it has a mobile device company's name into it. Uh, sorry, jumping to here, Adesia. Uh, I'd say it depends on the on the use case. Yeah, older flagships tend to be to have better uh, radio and modems, GPUs, and mid range might and the basic traditional have uh, not no have a five G support. I think that we were talking about the whole uh, flagship versus uh, sorry mid range versus last year's flagship. I think I'm with you there. After the COVID is over, TK Bro must come to India, especially South India. Well, uh, I oh, man, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, I hope I hope at some point when we're able to get into the post-COVID situation, and we'll have to see how um, how life is going to be. But yeah, no, definitely. I, that was one thing I missed out last year with MediaTek. I wish I was able to get it there. We ended, uh, XDA ended up sending one of their local um, local uh, representatives, and I would love to be part of the whole uh, pocket now with uh, Josh and uh, Jaime. That would have been nice. Uh, answer a few more questions. Have you tested lately any? Uh, Oh, any of the devices that are under sub one hundred dollars, like the Blackview, the uh, the Umidigi, uh, the Kubot. Oh, yeah. So I saw somebody somebody talk about the Kubot one. I'm not very. They're not very known brand. Worth the try. Uh, honestly, uh, the 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 one thing that I do have that I still need to finish up on is uh, the Mi Note Ten. Uh, I think this is the Redmi Note. Uh, the Redmi Note Nine Pro. And I could be wrong. I could be wrong. It's it's uh this is by far the my my lowest uh, Xiaomi or um, Chinese phone that was sent to me that was sent to me as part of that whole package from Xiaomi. Um, we did a video on the uh, Poco F2 Pro, which is definitely also a really good phone, mid-range price point, good price, uh, good uh, series. No, uh, Xiaomi, I, I haven't had a chance to put out uh, to check out any of the mid-rangers or sorry, I would say those are very much budget devices, sub 100. Uh, but I definitely want to check out. I may end up doing something like that uh, in the near future for you know back to school kind of a, a situation. So we'll have to check it out. Uh, Tyler King official. Um, in early 2018, I got a Huawei P20 Lite. Um, at that time, it was a great phone. But when I got it in early 2019, the phone started bending. Okay, frame, interesting. And uh, I do not, and I do not sit on my pocket. Um, the only thing I would say is uh, check the battery. I would say double check to see and make sure that the battery on your on that device did not swell up. You may have a defective battery. That would be the only thing that would cause the device to bend. And you say, like you said, you don't necessarily sit on it, uh, it because if the battery itself starts swelling, it causes uh, pressure between the display and the actual frame. So that happens. Something has to give. And the display, for the most part, uh, is I feel like it will have a little bit more resiliency from a structural standpoint, where the battery is usually closer down to the to the actual frame. So it's closer to the back than it is to the front and if it starts pushing that may be the reason um i would definitely double check that and see if it's actually uh opening up at the seams where the display and the frame are in there and if it is contact the the support if you still have a warranty on that one uh, although i'm not sure you said in early 2018 so there's a good chance it's out of warranty but that could be the reason uh now finally uh uh, nearby sharing is coming to Android. Yes. I mean, well, I, I take that back. We have something similar to nearby sharing already on Android. I think this is just becoming native into the operating system. Um, took this much to, to, to get this thing. And the same thing with RCS. And RCS is becoming more supported uh, with more carriers, at least T-Mobile, AT&T in the US. Now you're able to turn it on and it works. You know, the iMessage for Android. I don't know why they call it that. Um, but if you haven't had a chance to, um, uh, Anir, um, Anirda, Hopefully, I'm saying that right. Um, check out a file uh, and uh, Google Files. Uh, it has a built-in file sharing mechanism that works 
almost as fast as nearby sharing. But as I mentioned, it is basically an app that you need to download where nearby sharing will be native to the Android operating system. Um, I tested it out. And for me, the speeds transferring over it because it uses Wi-Fi Direct is almost as fast as nearby sharing. Uh, and it, it doesn't take that many more steps, but you do need to download that app. Andrew, uh, what are your most nostalgic devices, smartphones or not, from the 2000s? Oh my God, man. We're jumping back. Um, I think, if anything, I, I think my first BlackBerry, or, or even no oh man, I'm, I'm trying to remember. So my first, it would it would be a Nokia. It was be a Nokia 6100. It was one of my first smartphones that I got a chance to play with. It wasn't even my smartphone. It was my my aunt's, um, and I was very fascinated. It had that nice greenish bluish tint. That it did that little color shift. It has that little nub antenna sitting at the top. And, um, that to me was, it was so cool. I was, I was a young kid. I was very just like, it, like I was amazed at a, a, the phone, how small it is, how long the battery was. You could make calls. Um, I think it had snake as a game in there. That was about the only thing in there. But I think for me, it was more holding it and pretending that I was making calls that, that was to me by far the coolest thing. It was, I, I want to say it's Nokia 6,100, but it, it was the old form factor of Nokia, very small nub antenna and it was the color finish on it it was literally a green tint finish that changes uh color based on what you're looking at uh, we'll do a few more questions i'm probably going to be ios 14 versus android 11 which one is best for privacy um i think both are going to be offering you the best of privacy features in their own ecosystem one doesn't really trump over the other uh, if you're looking into an ecosystem that is very much well uh, controlled from what can get in there, Apple does a really good job of that because of just their control. They they don't allow things to come in unless they vet them exactly. Android is more of they'll do a good they, they do a really good job of providing us security built features built in, uh, but the, because of the fragmentation of the way Android is. Uh, because of the way Android is basically Android, it, we don't we don't ever use a clear stock version of Android unless we're using a Pixel device. Um, you're using a skinned version from an OEM. So let's say, you know, OnePlus, Oppo, uh, Vivo, all of those. They're adding their own UI on top of it, and they also have a way of customizing what does and what doesn't come through. So from a security standpoint, I think both are very functional. Both are great in their ecosystem. It's always going to come down to security updates and how fast you're able to get patch updates to devices that are the vulnerabilities are identified apple as well as google both have in both of their ecosystems have had issues in the past where they've had to push a security update to fix them that's not uncommon ios is not immune although less likely uh, so for me if i had to choose between the two uh currently because of the my my involvement in android and what i do with android devices and i use them i would say android 11 has a lot of potential of what we're looking into but it's also what we're going to come down to what you're looking for as an ecosystem Okay, we are back. Let me see. Am I still on the same Wi-Fi? Yes. Okay. So I'm, I'm assuming it's a slight dip in uh, in the ecosystem here. Uh, can you try to can you try to reach out to Michael Fisher for a future podcast? Ooh, Mr. Mobile. I, I will. Uh, I. You know what? I'm I'm gonna reach out to Michael Fisher. Let's see what we can do. I'm not going to lie. Um, 
last week's guest. Um, so on, on last week's podcast, if you guys haven't had a chance to check it out yet, uh, Saf and I talked a lot about him and his conversations with Michael Fisher. I've known Michael for quite some time as well. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Gonna, yeah, I know. I know. It's the 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 time that I say I'm going to try to fix the problem by bringing in a hotspot. The reason why I had the hotspot outside is because I have better signal outside than it is inside, and I'm able to connect to it. But it's um, Southern California. It is Fourth of July today. Is it's about 95 degrees. Which speaking of which, I okay. That's I think that's what I was trying to say. Uh, I am trying to basically get it to end right at about two hours today, guys. I'm sorry. Um, I do need to go and start barbecuing. The family is waiting. <laughs> Uh, we got some burgers and hot dogs that we got to put together kind of thing, but, um, I will talk to Michael Fisher. I'm actually going to try to reach out to him and see if I can get him either maybe next week or the week after if he's some, if he has some time. Um, I was originally thinking of, of waiting till the Xperia pro comes out since he's very much on top of that. So if I'm able to get access to that, we can have a conversation over it. Uh, but definitely would love to have him on just to kind of pick his brain and, uh, uh, talk about some of the old retro tech that he's been putting out as far as content. Um, uh, when phones were phones, uh, you know, were fun series. Was, uh, absolutely. I love that series. He's bringing in all of the nostalgia stuff. Like a lot of the devices that he's showing you guys, I, I've either had access to, I've used, I've played around with, but it was way before we were even into the ecosystem of making, you know, videos and so on. Uh, should I send some bandwidth over to you with that? <laughs> oh, Matt Tyler. Yes, please. I'd like a, uh, a couple of gigs of bandwidth, please. Cause it seems like I can't keep doing this, uh, all day. No, it, it's, um, it's a very unique thing, uh, internet connectivity. Uh, but again, one of the reasons why I feel like uh, if you if you think about it this way, StreamYard does a great job. Even if my connection drops, as long as I join it back within a certain amount of time, the stream goes. YouTube doesn't cut me off, and uh, you know uh, Periscope doesn't drop me off, and we don't lose the conversation. That's the biggest thing for me. Um, so with that being said, Vikash, yes, thank you. Happy Fourth of July. You're great. Appreciate it, man. Uh, and then, oh yeah, Ganesh, good night. That's right. You guys are India time. Uh, I appreciate it. No, thanks, man. Uh, and I will keep you in mind if when things do get better, we'll hopefully we'll reach out again. We'll see if we can do something. Uh, and then of course, uh, unboxing mania, happy 4th of July. So we'll, we'll kind of actually think it's a good way. Let's just start kind of looking at it that. Um, so battery at about an hour and 45 minutes, uh, 84%, uh, bars it's about three bar three or four bars here in the house it's still running pretty pretty good let's do one more speed test before we kind of end it at the end and um i want to say first and foremost thank you to alcatel for providing me this unit to test out we learned a lot if nothing else uh the battery on this does actually work quite well it's a 4400 milliamp battery and i'm holding this and i'm trying to run a speed test um it does need to be in an area where it's not very heated, so you don't want to get it to overheat. It does warm up a little bit as it's used, so obviously anything that uses internet will do that. Um, and of course, it provides 4G LTE connected uh, to connected devices. And if I'm not mistaken, you can get up to 16 devices at the same time. You can configure your firewall, VP, uh, not VPN, but uh, configure your router configuration between uh, 2.4 gigahertz or 5 gigahertz if you'd like. It's small, it's portable, and it's easy. And I really like the fact that I can charge my phone with it. So if my phone's running low on juice, I can connect it directly in here as well as use it. And for an almost two-hour live stream to be only using not even 80%, uh, so basically 20% of the battery on it, I think it's very, very good. Uh, last question real quick for Tyler before we kind of finish it off. 
Uh, what is what do you think is better, the iPhone giving updates to all uh, phones or Samsung Android needing to get new phones uh, every year? I think, honestly, updates should be more consistent across the board on both ecosystems because of most people don't buy devices every year, even if they need them every year. They, uh, and even if the ecosystem forces them to do that, we don't do that. We don't buy them every year. It's hard because either you're on a, on a payment plan, you're doing certain things. It's not going to be conducive to your wallet. So I think ecosystem where you are getting updates, again, why OnePlus has thrived over the years is because they do push out those updates. Samsung has gotten a lot better at pushing out their updates and even through carriers. That's the other thing. We are getting updates on Samsung devices from carriers that typically would have slowed it down. I'm not trying to say they do it on purpose, but an update goes from so Google releases the uh, the security patch update, the month update. Then it goes to the carriers, so to the OEMs. They put in their they update it through their system. They put out their build. Then it has to go to the carrier that you're using, and then they have to put in their stuff on top of what was put out from Samsung and Google. That's what you're getting on your smartphone for a carrier version. Unlock models generally get them faster, but Samsung is doing this thing, which I'm not going to get into. But it used to be where Samsung Unlocked used to get it first. Now we get it later. Uh, but yeah, so. All of that stuff, I think, I personally think it's security updates are always going to be worth it, not necessarily getting a new phone every year. Uh, but again, with that being said, I want to say thank you very much to everybody for joining me. Uh, for Matt, uh, Greg, Chemi, uh, Tyler, uh, uh, Andrew Wallace, of course, Aditya, uh, Sam was in there as well. Um, and I want to say Ganesh as well. And um, everybody just basically keeping the conversation going. Always, always thank you very much. Um, Sabaha to everybody. Good, good day, good evening, and good night. Uh, I hope you're having a good, safe weekend. If you're in the U.S. and you're celebrating the 4th of July, happy 4th of July. Hopefully, you're having a great time with the family. I'm about to go start barbecuing. Hope you guys are having a great day. I'll see you guys next week. Um, just kind of a quick heads up, putting out some video on the Mi 10 Pro in the next couple of days. Uh, and, of course, more live streams over on Amazon. Uh, yeah. Um, Um, I, I've been using it on uh, on uh, so the uh, the Aurora App Store is it's hard to say safe. It's a third party app. It's like using APK Mirror. Is it safe? It's you, I would say trust. Go only with the applications that you're comfortable with. That's the best way to say it. Um, it is not a true replacement, but it's definitely more convenient. That'd be the best way. Happy Fourth of July, Chemi, and of course, Matt Tyler. As always, welcome back, man. I appreciate you jumping in from your office, uh, TKRB. And uh, we'll see. I'll see everybody on Monday on the Juan Carlos's live stream, and tomorrow afternoon. Make sure to check out Matt and Sam um, on across across the podcast at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Thank you guys again. Like and subscribe as usual, and I hope you enjoyed this video. And hope you again. You're having a good weekend. I'll see you guys next time.